Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. So about 119 years ago, these guys went out to the edge of North Carolina in a place called Kitty Hawk, and their whole mission was to invent a self-powered flying machine, and they spent a long time perfecting what we now know as the airplane. Why they did any of that and not just got a NASCAR stock car to fly is beyond me. Yeah, because we can make them fly like nobody's business. Daytona 500 happened this weekend. And we found out that cars can be airplanes. We can fly. I love how we're saying this. This week was not the most airborne cars we've seen. Oh, absolutely not. Nor was it the most horrific airborne crashes have we seen. It was a big weekend, and we did see the 21 car do a... Ballet. Yeah. Acrobatics. We'll call it acrobatics. We saw him leave the ground for a few seconds. We're going to talk about that. Do we think that's a terrible thing for the sport? Do we think that's major? I'm curious what our opinions are on that. We're also going to talk about Austin Sendrick winning the Daytona 500 in just his second appearance in it. Austin Windrick. We're also going to talk about Michael Jordan almost being killed by Mike Snyder. Yeah, that would have been, what a dark timeline that would have been. <laughs> we, will, we will find out if charges are being pressed within the next <laughs> couple days. But without further ado, let's get going. Let's get right into it, guys. It was racing is back. We have yes. racing. Now, we kind of had racing with the Clash, but that's still an exhibitional race. We had real racing for real points this week. Yes. So we're going to just start it off from the top and go to the duels. We're not going to talk about qualifying because qualifying was qualifying. You know, Kyle Larson sitting on pole. The slowest pole position since, I think, uh, I think he ran like a 181 was the speed. That's the slowest since 1967. In 1967, the pole speed was about 180-something miles an hour. You know what? I'm kind of curious what the make and model of the car that ran that time I is. Don't, I don't remember, but... It's uh, probably a company that no longer exists. Probably. <laughs> Just go. Pontiac. I don't know. That's yeah. my guess. Pontiac. So, got into the dual races. We kind of saw what we thought. I was at the dual races, hanging out with uh, some friends I've made from the Two Guys, One Track podcast, uh, Artez and Damani, and uh, Hunter was there. It was a, We had a good time watching the races. I say races kind of loosely. Pretty much as soon as the green flag flew, everyone just kind of hung out for a while. It wasn't racing as much as it was just turning laps. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like conversation we had last week. We don't really have no. the cars to... Why would you waste it? Now, there was uh, somebody that absolutely did try to race. You know what? And he told us he was going to, yeah. and all he did was kept his word. You cannot call Joey Logano a liar. No, That's you one cannot. thing he is not. He is not a liar. No. So Joey d- thwomped that car. Um, <laughs> as that well was, as the 21 that car. That was fun to see. Yeah, the 21 did not have a good weekend. We'll get into that later. They tore up two 21 mm. cars. Oh, wait, did they fix the 21 Yeah, I think they got car? it fixed. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they only tore up one. Interesting is that RFK won both of the duels, Brad and Busher. Which I, surprised me. That was very interesting. I did not expect. I expected Roush, Fenway, Keselowski to be slightly better. I did not expect them to come out and win both of the two first races of well, their team's it's existence. It's also a super speedway race. Yeah, and that's true. But you got to look at every every positive aspect you can get out of a situation. Like, dude, they won both of the dual races. So they won both of the dual races. Set the lineup. You know, people like Noah Gragson just kind of. 
piddled around in the back because they only have they only have one car. So why are you going to risk your one car? Yeah. Duels kind of boring except for the last lap of the second duel. That was fun. Got into the <laughs> truck race. Uh truck race was was pretty all right. It wasn't anything incredible. Um in the truck race, Zane Smith came out one. Now, what was incredible is whoever NASCAR <laughs> had in the booth with their finger on the plunger for the cautions. No faith in NASCAR making the right call there because I totally, when they said, they're saying they did not take the yellow, I'm like, bull butter. Yeah. Not a chance. So sure we enough, were. They, they're able to pull up video yeah, proof. Yeah. The light was on and there's about 10 feet between. Yeah. Um, Zane Smith and the finish line. So yeah, so it was very interesting. I did not believe it. We were sitting in the stands, and we did not believe it because we were sitting kind of in the tri-oval there. And did y'all have scanner? Could y'all hear what no. was going on? Mm-hmm. No? No okay. scanner. So sitting in the tri-oval, and when I forget who it was that got loose and got spun around, they got spun around literally right in front of us. And we're in the tri-oval, and if I looked slightly to my right, I could see the finish line. So the wreck started in front of me, and by the time I could turn my head slightly to the right to see the finish line, they'd already thrown the caution. Yeah. Somebody was on the mark for that caution. I bet with one, two laps to go, they have some. They were ready for it. it. Yeah, they were yeah. ready for it. They knew it was coming. Saw it referred to as the immaculate caution, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, that's. I like it. That's a uh, good description of it right there. And a lot of people are very happy that Zane Smith still ended up winning the race. He didn't get cheated by 10 feet and losing that race for taking the white flag. Yeah. So props to Zane. He did, you know, ran a, ran a smart race. Uh, the Love's car seems to be pretty good at Daytona no matter what it's on. If you're sponsored by Love's, you're probably doing pretty all right at Daytona. Yeah. So then Saturday rolls around. Now, Saturday, I was not there for the actual 500. We left before the actual 500. So Saturday was kind of like my day. And holy cow, what a Saturday I had! And it, it was it was a great. It, not only was it a good race, I had a I had a really fun time. So I wanted to bring this up. So Saturday morning, we get up, and me, it's me and my dad, and we go to the Daytona Beach Flea and Farmers Market. I saw OBB was there. It's a good place to find diecasts, other stuff. Just a fun place to go. So I was looking forward to it. So we ran up there. And I went to Daytona with one mission in mind, and my mission was to get my championship-winning Kyle Busch diecast signed. That was, like, the only thing I went for. Of course, I went for everything else, but, like, <laughs> why I'm there, that is my my goal, is to get this one particular diecast signed. We're at the flea market, and I get a tweet from Rowdy Energy that's talking about Kyle Busch is going to be at this 7-Eleven in, like, 30 minutes to sign autographs for the first hundred people. So I'd like scream my dad. I'm like, we got to go. We got to go like right now. So we get in the car and we sprint to the Seven Eleven, and I was one of the first hundred people. So I got to meet Kyle and he signed my, my die cast. It's up there. Super cool. Um, being the championship car. I really, I really think it's like probably one of my prized die casts now, but that experience, I mean, it was cool, but it was, it was a business. This was a business transaction kind of, you know, you get, autograph we get your business hopefully yeah kind of thing yeah because it was all it was all because of rowdy energy you know they were giving out samples they were being like hey you know if you go in and buy two rowdies you come out we'll give you a third one for free or whatever um so it was it was a business transaction it's just kyle was the draw to get you to them 
so they could then pitch Rowdy Energy. That's just how business works. It was yeah. just advertising. Yeah. So that experience was cool. So we go across the way, and uh, we're talking with Mr. Coffee, who's the – if any of you guys have ever been to the Toyota Experience outside of the tracks, the dude that's talking and interviewing drivers, that's Mr. Coffee. Uh, over there talking to him, and they did an interview with Ty Gibbs. So Ty Gibbs came out and he did some, he you know talked to everybody, and uh, it was super cool because Ty's a super cool guy. I don't know if I don't know if you ever listened to him talk, but he is a super cool guy. And it kind of swapped where it's like, well, now I've got, I've got this the Kyle Busch that I set out to get signed. I got it signed, so now I I guess mission accomplished. So I was like, well, you know what I want now is I really like Ty. So I'm going to try to get something signed from Ty. And I mentioned it to Mr. Coffee, and he just immediately gave me a Ty Gibbs signed hat. And I was what? like, I was like, okay, well, that's cool. That's awesome. And, uh, and then throughout the program, somehow my dad snagged a signed Martin Truex Jr. hat. And those events are super cool. So if you guys are ever at the racetrack, please go to the Toyota, the booth, and the stage. Uh, they're always giving away cool prizes, all sorts of cool stuff over there. So definitely go check them out. But then I went over, and I bought technically a Kurt Busch hat. Kurt Busch Monster Energy hat and a Ty Gibbs shirt. So we go into the stadium and uh, we're in the pits. We're in the Xfinity pits. And I was like, I've got to get Ty to sign my hat. I've got to get Ty to sign my hat. So we're walking through and I get down to his holler. And it's at the very end. I'm just waiting. I just stand there. So I'm wearing my Ty Gibbs shirt and everything. And he comes and he walks by me. And I don't want to be that guy that you see, if you ever see these pictures of the drivers walking down the garage, there's like people all over them. Yeah. Swarming them, shoving stuff. Hey, sign, you know, Chase, sign my diecast, sign my diecast. And they're just kind of, you know, there's no personal space. I didn't want to be that guy. So I just kind of let him walk by. And he gets up and he, and he gets to his hauler and he looks back and he's like patting his pockets. Like he's like looking for, he's looking for something. And I, and he's looking at me and the other guy standing there. I was like, I guarantee you he's looking for a pen. So I have my silver Sharpie. So I just kind of hold my silver Sharpie out, and he's like, oh. And then he, and he walks over to me. <laughs> he walks over to me to sign my hat. That's awesome. Like, I didn't ask him to do it. He just he just knew I was there to get his autograph. Yeah. And he walked over, and I you know I said, hi, Ty, how are you? And he's like, oh, man, I'm doing great. And I he signed my hat, and I was like, hey, we put your favorite Bible verse on it? And he did, uh, Psalms 23. And it was just like the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. Like, it's super cool. I've got to meet a lot of people. But that moment was just it was just special. And I went from being a Ty Gibbs fan to now I'm like a I'm like a lifer. I will See, never root and, for anyone other than Ty Gibbs now. And we we talked about this on our kind of award show, the second ep, second or third episode we did. And we mentioned it's like Ty Ty Gibbs is a really phenomenal guy, um, in everything that I see. I mean, there are not very many athletes or NASCAR drivers that just openly just they'll post scripture out of nowhere and it's, he's a really cool guy um especially for his age he's he seems we're awesome. older than Ty Gibbs yeah exactly <laughs> we're older and, than Ty and he's he 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 is a solid solid guy yeah so so the big difference between a cool moment and a moment like the Ty moment that I will never forget and I will always root for him for from now on out was that when I met Kyle, Kyle was Kyle was great. You know, I just handed my diecast and I said, How are you? He said, you know, great. Signed it, took a picture. Doing great. And it was Can't like, wait to get to Phoenix next yeah, week. Yeah. So <laughs> took a picture, took a picture, and that was fine. But that was a business transaction, really. Yeah. I was just somebody in a long line of people 
I was just another face. He signed it, next person. Sign it, next person. You know, he was nice. He wasn't, you know, like it wasn't anything that I was like, oh man, that's it didn't. Stunned. It didn't seem like it was a burden or anything. No, no. It, I, I like he was there. That was what he was there to do was to sign autographs and stuff. Yeah, but. I was just another blip on his schedule, on the thing to do. I was just a person at this event. With Ty Gibbs, for that 30 seconds that I talked to him, it was like the only thing he had to do was sign an autograph for me. It was like I was the only thing on his schedule for that moment. And that was super cool. Like I'll never never forget that because he didn't have to do that. He could have walked by and said, well, heck to you, bye. So also I think a lot of that comes from – just being in it for so long. I think as people like me and you, you know, Green, that, you know, we're not famous. We don't, you know, maybe I one know of these you're days. you're talking about it. There's like 20 people that Yeah, we us. have like 20 viewers, yeah. <laughs> so is when you think about being famous, being an actor, or being a race car driver or a football player or whatever, I kind of always think it's like, oh, man, everyone's going to know. When I go somewhere, everyone's going to know who I am. Everyone's going to want to talk to me. They're going to want my autograph. That is so cool. Yeah. But after 20 years of it, you can't go anywhere because everyone knows who you are. Everyone wants to talk to you, and everyone wants your autograph. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of guys in the in the garage that talk to people, I've had, you know, people have some bad experiences with drivers. Yeah. Also, it's like, well, that's on you because you tried to get them at, you know, when they're importantly doing something. Yeah. They say never meet your heroes, but every one of my heroes I've ever got to meet have been pretty cool to me. So Yeah. I think if if you can have some sort of pit pass, I think you can buy it. Or if you have an opportunity to meet your favorite driver, I would highly recommend doing it. Yeah. Highly recommend doing it. I've completely got away from the topic that was the Xfinity race. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing to talk about on that one is, speaking of our whole to the moon theming that we're going with this episode, Myatt Snyder took a huge crash. Thank goodness he is okay. Yes. Uh, he has been cleared by NASCAR and medical to race this coming week at Fontana, which we will also talk about because apparently he, he did have some soreness in his foot. Oh, I'm sure. Are you, <laughs> oh, he had some soreness in his foot? That sounds like a good day to me. Yeah. You know, we always see these crashes where you hit the catch fence. It's always in the front stretch. I'm glad they have good catch fences all the way around that place because we could have been in real hot water. <laughs> Michael Jordan about died. Him and Bubba were standing right there. Yeah, I don't know why. I now I don't. I guess there's people that that stay over there. I was unaware yeah. that people stayed in that area. There used to be uh, grandstands yeah, back there, there but I think stretch. I think now I uh, well actually I'm pretty ninety nine percent sure that it's paid RV camping stuff. Paid right? RV and camping and Michael Jordan parking. I guess. Yeah, because well I mean I mean it's a it may be a team RV place for like drivers can park yeah. out there if they want. Oh yeah, I'm sure. There may be a VIP section or something, or maybe they just literally paid for a spot out there and we're hanging out. But there's apparently a part of, I don't know if it was part of suspension or something, a little part that went in the grill of the bus back there. Everyone is okay from that, but everyone's okay, and that that's a good thing. Austin Hill ended up being the victor in that race. That's great for him. I know he's making the jump up to Xfinity. Glad to see that he got himself an early win. Obviously, it's super speedway. We don't know how he's going to be for the rest of the year, but that's still a good victory to have. It's not the Daytona 500, but it is the Daytona weekend race yeah. for that series. What, saying you won at Daytona is always going to be a big thing. Yeah, it is. It was kind of cool being there for the race. It was, I mean, it was a pretty decent race. 
course, I was just watching the guys I'm always rooting for, so Ty, Gragson, and then the RCR guys, because we were there yeah. on behalf of RCR. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was a good weekend. I think I think it was great. The colleague cars were really good, but they you know they had some bad luck. A lot of people had bad luck. That good cars had bad luck. Kind of the the theme of the whole weekend. Yeah. Is good cars bad luck? That was a good race. But now we're gonna talk about the main event: Daytona 500. Daytona. Daytona. On the beach. Daytona, USA. Is that where that is? I think so. I thought it was like Daytona, Italy, or whatever. You know, it might be. The NASCAR not... did get that guy appointed to the FIA, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Woo! race. Connecting puzzle pieces. Hey, it's all coming together. Daytona is actually wait for Italy. The, wait for the Rome 500. You wait. We're going to build a track around the Vatican. <laughs> Oh my it's gonna goodness. be awesome. We're That's gonna put a we're gonna put a figure eight under the Eiffel Tower in France. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome, dude. You wait. Oh my god. The Queen of England's gonna own a NASCAR team. Let's go. Royalty <laughs> Racing. Hey, hey That's not a bad name. That's got a cool ring to it. All right, introduce us to the five hundred. All right, five hundred. How I, many miles was it? It was three hundred miles. Okay. I'm kidding. Five hundred miles. <laughs> Gosh, you're dumb. Where was it at? <sighs> <laughs> Made me a little nervous at the start because I saw a train forming. And the first six laps, I was like, oh, no, I know what we're in for. Actually, it was a solid race. I did not get to watch it straight through. I, d- I was doing some serving stuff at the church, and I, I just it didn't line up to where I could just watch it straight through. But everything that I saw, this package worked extremely well. I, I want to get your opinion on the package, what you exactly saw or what you thought about it what i saw it was it was fine to me i didn't see any glaring major issues of course always make the argument for more horsepower yeah like anything you know everything could use more horsepower to me this package it's a happy medium between older nascar super speedway packages and what we had last year in the last couple of years. The last couple of years, in my opinion, was too much. The runs would happen. It was phenomenal to watch, but the runs would happen too quick, and people would make stupid decisions because it's happening so quick. And I, I don't I don't necessarily love the way that was happening because you had Ryan Newman almost die. That was scary. And you just had all these huge, scary crashes based off of the runs happening too quick. We're, we're going to get to a point in a little bit where I'm probably going to sound like I'm contradicting myself there was a um, element of the racing the last couple of years that while it's been entertaining to see, I don't like it for the racing in general. This you're able to get runs, but it's a lot slower yeah. and you gotta, you've got to work up more to get those runs going. Like the bottom line for a long time was having trouble working. I know at the beginning they could not get that bottom line going. Yeah. But um, everything I saw was pretty good. I liked it quite a bit. Austin Sendrick. That is not the guy I thought would come out with a victor. That was not my initial prediction for that. Neither one of us picked Austin Sendrick on our RSO picks. I don't think many people picked Austin Sendrick at all. No. Hold on. What were the... Austin Sendrick's betting odds were plus 2,500. Holy crap. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I wish I would have put $1 on that cuz then I would have 2500 dollars. 
That would have been pretty awesome. Actually, I think <laughs> what I had. I don't. I don't. I don't gamble. I don't remember. Or twenty five hundred. <laughs> I don't and remember. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But it's probably a good thing I don't know how it works because I would be absolutely broke instead, of just mostly broke. But um, Austin Sender came out with it. This is his second only Daytona five hundred. So statistically, he is better than Dale Earnhardt. Oh. <laughs> statistically, he technically. Since coming full time, he's never lost a race. That's he's got a hundred percent win rate. <laughs> Can I? Uh, you smell that? It smells like a goat to me. It smells like the greatest <laughs> of all time. Austin, Austin Windrick. Mm, yeah, that smells like a goat. I thought it was just you. It wasn't smelling very good. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> no, Austin Cindric. I mean, and it's it's not like you can argue that some fluky something happened for him to win that race. No, because like he got up there and he won that race. Now he threw. Kind of a crappy block on his teammate, but well, that's kind of whatever. I sub- I think you should be – people are giving him a hard time for that. I think it was a crappy block, but people are mad that he blocked his teammate. Dude, I don't care who's – if I'm in the lead of the De- Daytona 500 coming to the final, you know, the final checkered flag, and the person – se- I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's – Thanks. I don't care if it's my dog. I don't care if it's my mom. I don't care who's driving that car. I'm going to throw a nasty block on you, and you're not going to win that race. I will wreck myself trying to win that race. I don't care who it is. I, I could care, it, could be my, it could be my granddad driving that car. I'd be like, sorry, granddad. I got to win the Daytona 500. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that's something I was listening to uh, DBC. They were also kind of saying it's like, I, you can't really blame him for throwing that block because it is the 500. If you want, if it's a random Talladega race, yeah, you can be upset. If it's a just any random race and you hit somebody into the wall, that's not okay. But this is the 500. That's a whole different thing. That was an exciting finish. Bubba was three quarters of a car from having a Daytona 500 win. That would have been cool, I will say. Dude's insane. People don't, I think people are finally starting to understand how good of a super speedway racer Bubba is. Yeah. In the last three super speedway races, his la- his worst finish is second. That's solid. That's that's ridiculous. He's going to get a Daytona 500. Oh, yeah, Because he almost, he almost won the first one he ever ran in. And I want him to be good in other at other tracks. It's, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I think he has the ability to do it. I want to see his cars live up to it. Because I feel like last year they might have not. Yeah, because I think last year they were still trying to figure out the whole equipment. That's their thing. first year. Yeah. You can't really make a big deal about that. You could also say colleague won in their first year doing a part-time schedule. So That one was a little bit of luck involved. <laughs> well, of course, every race has luck involved. <laughs> and some uh, extracurricular activity by Briscoe and Hamlin. As long as Hamlin doesn't win, I'm okay. As long as Briscoe slams into Hamlin, then. That's how it should be every week. We looked at Mike Snyder's wreck, and we talked about that for a second. But we're going to talk longer about a wreck that happened in the 500. Ah, uh, yes, when Jack Villeneuve spun it out coming to pit road. That is not what I'm. That thinking. was the wreck I was thinking of. That he I, saved that, that car, dude. He did. It was solid. That was awesome. I think I think he could be really good. Of course, I say he could be really good. He's won in every series he's ever competed in. You know, one day he might be a good driver. He's only an F1 champion, Indy 500 champion. What's F1? Oh, yeah, I forgot you're one of those people. No. <laughs> Harrison Burton decided to fly, which we're, we're talking like he went full in the air like it's COT days. Yeah. He did not. He was 
five feet off the ground at the highest point. I didn't even know he flipped until a couple seconds afterward. Yeah, because Fox's camera sucks. at the time Fox was sucks. a was a front bumper cam. So the whole wreck for the beginning, I think it was like Kyle Busch. It was like the front bumper of Kyle Busch, or maybe that was who they looking at. But it was I couldn't see what was going on, and then all of a sudden, Harrison's just up in the air. You know, it's yeah. like and what? Well, I'll, we'll come back to Fox because I, I oh, do yeah. want to come back. To we gotta Fox. wait. We gotta rate this race later. So I think that we'll talk about it then. But here's the thing: Harrison gets turned around, his car picks up from the rear, and he goes for a little flip. How big of a deal is this to you? What is NASCAR's next step? Of course, in a perfect world, nobody would be flipping because the biggest problem is that you know it's it's a safety thing. You, we don't want anybody flipping because it could be a safety hazard. Of course, I think the cars held up very well in these flips, especially the you know the driver capsule or whatever you'd want to call you know the middle where the driver sits. Yeah, that has been fine. Harrison's car looked actually pretty good after it flipped. Like it, yeah, like it, it looked great. It was skidded all the crap, but. It clearly held up. Yeah. I don't think flipping's great because of the safety concerns. Yeah. But I don't think it's an end-of-the-world thing. Of course, it could be bad. You know, with Does Ryan, NASCAR need to take Ryan. a step here? I think they've done about everything they can do. I mean, the big problem is that air on the flat bottom of the car. If we could, fi- I mean, if we could figure out how to stop it, perfect. Yeah. But I just don't know what all more they could add. So here's the thing. NASCAR, it does sound like one of the flaps or a couple of the flaps did not act like they wanted to. If it did not act like they wanted it to and they need to fix that, that's fine. But to me, when you sign up to be a race car driver, you acknowledge that sometimes you become a pilot. And that's not good. Like you're saying, it would be so much better if there was a world where cars didn't get airborne. But you can't just pray for a miracle every time a car goes backwards. Physics exist. Anytime that you're going to produce downforce, if you turn that thing around, you're going to produce lift. You can put as many of those flaps on there as you want. There's going to be an angle where that thing's going to go flying. And I feel like if we make a big deal about it every time it happens, then we're never going to enjoy a race and be thankful for the fact that he walked out of that thing. Yeah. And that it did hold together, that he didn't die like the dummies did or supposedly did. And yeah, the uh, testing of one of those was a little bit inconclusive. So. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I don't think any dummies ever died, but it news broke that they did, apparently. Whatever. To me, we look at Ryan Newman's wreck. We look at Mike Snyder's wreck. See Harrison Burton's wreck. We saw Joey Logano's wreck last year. We've seen all these super speedway wrecks. Kyle Larson years ago. We see all these super speedway wrecks and how many of those people were injured? Zero. No. Now, of course, the big problem with that is there was people injured in some wrecks. I think the the Kyle Larson wreck comes to mind because of the the debris it threw into the stands. Now, yeah, yeah, and that's that's a risk you take going to a Daytona race and getting the bottom row seats. Yeah, you made your bed lying in. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying pick the bottom rows at a track where cars are known to do that. You could say Daytona could take out some of their seating at the bottom or you could say they try to make the catch fence better but you've got to take 3,000 pounds from going 200 miles an hour to going to zero yeah and it's allow for nothing it's to get hard. through while still being able to see everything that's yeah, it's hard that's the thing to me yes we want everything on the ground we want everything to be 
as safe as possible. But at the end of the day, racing is a dangerous sport. And we are not seeing neglect by the the body of NASCAR. Yeah. NASCAR is not sending them out there with Hans devices optional, hollowed out roll cages and all the finicky stuff that used to be before Dale. In the last 20 years, 21 years, we have not lost lost anybody. I understand people can look at it and say, well, you don't need to get in the comfortable zone because that's when crap happens. And that's a fair way to look. I'm not saying yeah. be absolutely comfortable. Always look for ways to make it safer, but don't overdo it. Yeah. Don't always think that we got to find a way to make these things. Because if you want them to be safe, we can put a restrictor plate on them and then go 10 miles an hour. We... We can put them out there and go. No, go karts are more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> but but you can put them in a stock car with a little little Fiat engine. Fiat that'd engine. Be, that'd be pretty fun as a one-off. That's my thought on it. Do you kind of hold that same? I do. It's like, of course, I would prefer if the cars didn't blow over. But of course, yeah. I don't. I don't know what else more we could do to stop it. Yeah. And it's not like this is a pandemic of cars flipping over. No, it's we not. We had Joey Logano. And then, of course, we had the two this week. They're f- usually few and far between. Yeah. And, of course, I think that the safety, you know, the driver's safety things we have in place are probably the best defense for a car flipping over. Yeah. You know, instead of making the car not flip over, I think we've got the safety that the driver has in that car is good enough where in something like that does happen, they're pretty well suited for it. Yeah. I also do want to hit up another thing that we could consider a safety issue. I say could consider it is a safety issue. With the next-gen car, supposedly there's been problems with cars moving and tires going the opposite direction of said cars. We had, I know for a certain two, there may have been three tires removed from cars without a pit crew member (laughs) removing them. We had the colleague car. I think it was um, Justin Haley's car. And then we had um, Kaz Gar, the money team. And I think there's one more. I don't know whose that was. I just know somebody's tire shredded. I think, was that? No, that was the... No, the tire... If you're thinking about um, Justin Haley, his tire was yeah. fine. It was the wheel that broke. Yeah, that's it. So, here's the thing. The aluminum wheels we have are not as strong as the steel wheels. And aluminum can mold and flex more than the steel that we used before. That is the reason that we have one lug instead of five. Is because if one lug is loose or two lugs and it's a it's a loose wheel situation, I guess that'd probably be three loose if you're yeah. got a loose wheel situation. If you have that and you instead of just feeling a vibration for a few laps saying how bad is it, can we come in? It's a matter of, okay, your wheel is now broken. Yeah. And they didn't want that. That is why we're at the one lug nut. But now we're seeing, for some reason, this wheel broke. So what gives? What happens here? Kazgrala, I never did hear confirmation if it was a pit crew error or if it was um, another failure mechanically. Um, I did hear on DBC, Brett Griffin, who's on there, is the spotter for Justin Haley. They lost brakes at the same time that they lost that wheel. It's a good combination. Yeah, it's great. This, and they, they mentioned just how big of a deal it was, and it kind of made me realize, not only are you thinking about that driver parading towards the wall, but now there's a tire loose. What happens if a car hits that tire? Oops. Where is it flying? Who knows? And it'll f- probably fly higher than that catch fence. I hate to tell you this, 
us racing fans ain't looking for our home run ball to catch. No. I'd like to go home with a bit of sheet metal. You know, I like to a lot of people like to have drivers sign Not the sheet a metal. Tire. I don't want to have the suspension from a car <laughs> fall on me during the race, preferably. Preferably. I'd prefer to get sheet metal out of the trash can in the infield and not it raining down on me sitting in the stands. Exactly. That is something I'll be interested to see if NASCAR publishes anything about that, says anything about that, or if we hear anything from insiders about that. Because that is at least something we need to acknowledge because there's a moment where I was going, oh, crap, this is going to be a memorable race because there's tire failures all the time. Yeah. Because Kaz Grala's and Justin Haley's were within like 10 laps, I think. Hopefully they get that resolved. There's also that issue where they took RFK and Penske's wheels because they were supposedly doing something with the wheels, which technically could be listed under L3 penalty. We'll see. I don't think it will. I don't think they'll do it immediately. Not not for something like that. Supposedly it was all for safety. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's probably just to try and get themselves out of some trouble. But then again, did well, I mean, they took the wheel, so you couldn't really tell. But we didn't see any tire failures on Penske or RFK before they took them, you know? Nor did we after. We'll see if anything comes out of that. Solid race overall, but now we're going to look at TV ratings. You ready for this? Yes. Let's do it. Um, Fox TV, this is Adam Stern. Fox TV earned a 4.7 rating and 8.868 million viewers for Sunday's Daytona 500. That's up for the past two years, but down from 2019, which got 9.170 million viewers. That's the most recent. 1.70 million. Yes, shut up. (laughs) That is the most recent race that did not have a delay. So originally, that by itself doesn't sound great because we we had like the perfect lineup where we didn't have a delay or anything. And technically, we're down from 2019. Just, like, literally 10 minutes before we started recording, he tweeted again saying, it was the most viewed single-sport telecast on the weekend. Fair enough. NASCAR notes that in 2019, they did not have to go up against the Olympics, which is correct. There's also, it beat out this weekend, the NBA All-Star. But the 2022 share, which, to my knowledge, is the amount of TVs... That is turned to NASCAR because people are cutting the cable. They're cutting that out. I streamed the race. so I I streamed it as well. I don't know if that counts as well. I don't know if it counts to the numbers or not. The share was up 24%. That's good. Which is incredible. We look at this, and there's also another report that Hendrick Motorsports actually put out. And it said that their merchandise sales for this past Daytona weekend we're 40% higher than 19 and 20, even though we didn't have speed weeks, basically. In 2019 2020, we still had the Clash was at Daytona. You had everything there for two weeks. Now, with it only being a one-week event, their merch sales are up 40%. It's pretty awesome. I'm seeing a lot of good there. Mm-hmm. We can look at that original tweet on the ratings and think, oh, no, we're still losing viewers. This is supposed to be a big momentum year. But if you look at the share and you look at merchandise sales, and if you just look like we've been talking about the YouTube channel for the last little bit, we are moving the right direction. And I do not see it 
going for the worst anytime soon, really. I think that as long as this car performs, and so far it did on the Super Speedway, the package on the Super Speedway is good. If it performs, we're going to be in a really good spot for the next couple years. I don't think we'll ever get back to like 2005. I think we're going to be a lot bigger than what we are right now. We are seeing celebrities talk more about it. You know, we're seeing more celebrities at track, which is interesting. And I feel like where they go, the rest will follow, you know? Yeah, fun fact. Uh, Michael Jordan was at the Daytona 500 instead of the NBA All-Star, like, 75-year anniversary thing. He did show up later. I guess he just stayed for the race as long as he could and then hopped on a plane and skedaddled over there. Yeah. But it's like, dude, that's a that's pretty cool that he was choosing to be with us and not them. Yeah, no, course, you're right. He's the greatest of all time anyway, so he doesn't have to show up if he doesn't want to. So, yeah. you know, he can kind of do whatever Michael Jordan wants to. Fox. Boo. Boo. Fox sucks. Okay, never mind. I won't be so harsh. Let's take a deep breath. Let's not yell into the microphone. Let's let these people's eardrums survive. Dang it, I hate Fox! Yeah, so let's just stay calm. Stay calm. Bless you also. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The commercials were very nice. They were awesome. I didn't like how every now and then the race interrupted them. Yeah, like, I tune into annoying. the race to watch. It's like the Super Bowl. I turn in to watch commercials. Yeah, and they kept interrupting it with the race. I, I don't, don't want to watch some stupid cars turning left for, like, 12 hours. You know, I'm not a huge F1 fan, but I will say one thing they do right is they have commercial-free broadcast, yep. which, let's be honest, they are able to do that because of how big they are. And I'm not saying, and our races are also twice as long. So I'm not saying that we need to have commercial free for the entirety of the event. What we're living with right now is kind of stupid. It's pretty awful. Both of the wrecks early in the race that I was able to see were um, under caution when you came back from commercial. And you had to hope they came back. And Fox's whole thing with the close frame. Oh, yeah. That's, that's got to go. That's got to go. NASCAR is not... A sport like you see NFL, it's cool every now and then you get a real close zoom in on the guy as he's about to go. That's cool. You get to see the guy as he's about to perform. In NASCAR, you have to see the big picture. You just can't just zoom in on something that small and expect not to miss stuff. I think Fox is kind of losing everybody's grace. Very they quickly. weren't this bad before. I've I've not liked Fox for the past like four years. But that this is still worse than it has been. I mean, yeah. I think a big thing is, like, with the camera angles and all this stuff, is watching Formula One, they kind of understand how to make the their camera works a lot better. I yeah. Think, I think Fox, I think their thing is they need more cameras. They need more angles to choose from. Yeah. Instead of, you know, I just think they just need more, so more cameras. I felt this may have something to do with one of my biggest grievances with them, which is a weird grievance to have. Why the heck do we have comic book characters as our drivers when they show pictures of them? It's weird. Why? That, to me, it is the stupidest thing. Jacques Villeneuve, I guess they just photoshopped his head onto a generic body that they had. But he had like a, like a six-pack, and he was like buff as all heck. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's very realistic to how he is, but... Um, <laughs> it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of goofy looking. But here's the thing, I think here's what it might be. Did they have a production day with Fox? Yes. Did they? Or was or that what, was that NBC? That they I did bet it stuff, was NBC. Maybe I don't know. Uh, why yeah. would they not have a production day with Fox? Because that costs money. Just like why don't they send all the crew to Daytona any, or 
Uh, they kind of did for Daytona, not really. Yeah. Why don't they send the entire crew to the races all the time? Oh, because they're stingy. Why uh, do we have 7,000 commercials? Ah, uh, money. I mean, I think we're seeing they're playing the business of it, which that's a big multi-million dollar company. They're going to want to make money. That's their job, and I'm sure they have shareholders that want them to make money. But here's the thing. You've got to, in the world of sports, you have to have good coverage these days or you're going to lose the fans you have. I feel like NBC has done a better job of doing that in the past. Now, there's still been a lot of commercials on there. I feel like while I say there doesn't need to be ad-free races, I do think we need to go without full-screen ads. Full-screen ads only during, like, full cautions. Yeah, full cautions. I understand it. We should never have a full-screen ad when there's racing happening. Exactly. You can say we're whining about nothing, but here's the thing. In the world of 2022, you don't have full-screen ads during action in any other sport. In NBA and NFL and MLB, there's nothing going on during the commercial breaks in the stadiums. There's also more breaks. There is, and that's fair. But the idea with paying to see an event is to see the event. I got a question. I want to see what your opinion is. If NASCAR started a streaming service like F1 does, would you buy it? Yes. I would too. Yeah, I, I totally would. I would prefer it to... The streaming service is the only... The only reason we still have cable at all is so I can watch the races. Like, that's the only reason. Like, yeah. we were talking about canceling it, and it's like, uh, well, I still need to watch the races. Yeah, and so, like, I, I... I stream them through Fox, but it's through the... Yeah. The TV provider. Well, it's like, and I'm I'm, I'm having conversations about kind of what money looks like down the road. And it's like, the only thing I use cable for is NASCAR. And I'm not willing to pay however much a heckin' cable bill is to just watch the races. I'm going to probably poach my mom and dad's login whenever, oh, yeah. <laughs> whenever that happens, if it's still part of the um, TV deal. I feel like that would be a next step for NASCAR. The only downside to that is you lose any outreach to people that you did by having it on Big Fox, Big NBC, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's that's our talk on Daytona. What is your score on this race? Remember, we're going 100 scale. We'll average our scores together. Hear me out. I'm the production... Do we are we counting Fox's? Yes, yes. This isn't a race. This is a rating for the whole thing. The event. I think the race was very good, but the production was so bad. I'm giving it a 75. Hmm. That was low. It is low because I think production was that bad. The race itself is an eight out of ten. Eight, not you know, probably an 85 in that area. I'm deducting a lot of points solely for production. Tons of commercials, poor camera angles, poor everything. Everything about the production of it was bad, and I'm going to deduct points. I was going to say 83, and you did what? I did a 75. 75 and 83, so that makes it a 79 on our RSO grading system. That is what? That is a C++++. That's crazy. That And it's true, but it's crazy that a good or bad broadcast can impact our opinion that much. Oh, yeah. Because I thought very highly of this race, especially for the fact that it is the first next-gen. We could have had another 2013, yeah, and we didn't, and that's good. So, with Daytona being 
talked about and done. We are now going on to this next week's race at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. It is a 2.0-mile D-shaped oval. It's got 14-degree banking in the turns, 11-degree banking in the front stretch, and a 3-degree banking in the back stretch. One of my favorite places. Really wide. You can use all the lanes there. I think it's going to eat up tires like nobody's business. Usually does. It's an old place. It's going to do it. This may be the last race on this surface. Ooh. So Alex Bowman is probably going to win. I don't know why you wasted your pick yeah. on him. Dang it. <laughs> but I think it'll be cool to see how the next-gen car races here. With us going to the 670 package, I think it'll be cool to see how the car acts. People were comparing it to the old Twisted Sister, our favorite Gen 4 cars, and I'll be curious to see it, how much lifting there is and how oh, yeah. how much throttle control there is because that's what makes good racing is off-throttle time. I think this race will be kind of like the test for Auto Club, that if the next-gen cars race well here, they might consider something. But uh, I, I don't know. I think the it, short track's kind of locked and loaded. I think that's like... It's just a matter if you want to take it to the point of Atlanta or not. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Atlanta, it, it got to where you, it, we were ripping up. We were ripping up asphalt. That'll be a fun race to kind of see. I'm excited to see if we have any more tire issues. I'll be excited to see if there's a wreck. Do we have issues? Yeah. You know what I mean? That'll be where we can draw the line and say, okay, we need to fix something, or okay, we're good. So, that being said, let's go ahead and make our picks for the race. Last week, for the 500, you picked Alex Bowman. I picked Michael McDowell. Bowman finished 24th, and Michael McDowell, my man, finished 7th. That puts me with 34 points and you with 17. I got a 17-point lead right now. So, yeah, so Auto Club, who you got, bud? I'm going to go and pick somebody that's historically been very good at Auto Club. Won many a time. And hopefully is going to be mad enough after the 500 that he's going to go out there and win for pure anger. Kyle Busch. Dang it. Kyle that's who has, I was going to pick. You can, you can still pick Kyle. It's no, not a, no, I can't. We, we have to pick different people. Yeah, I'm picking Kyle. He's been super good, super, super good at Auto Club. So he's gonna be my my pick for this. So I need I need I needed some points to get back in this here. I'm you know a little bit down. So also I think I should mention that the the loser of the week before gets first pick the next week. Yes, so I, I lost last that, week. Yeah. So I get first pick. All right. Well then I have to think about this because you stole my pick. Okay. Well I'm gonna go with I guess we could call him this based on his past at Auto Club, Mister Leg Breaker himself, Joey Logano. For uh, wrecking Denny Hamlin in 2014 and breaking his legs, that was that was a dark joke, and I apologize for that. But I'm gonna pick Joey Logano. He's good there. I was thinking about picking like Cody Ware to kind of get rid of one of those picks that I'll have to make <laughs> because Kyle Busch is gonna be good. You know what? I'm gonna make this a competition though. I'm gonna pick Joey Logano. Okay. That'll be that'll be a fun to see play out because those are two drivers that'll be, I think, pretty equal there, unless Penske still. Is not the Fords great. have been looking very good. They have been. The Fords won pretty much every race that the next gen car was in. Clash won both the duels and the 500. Good deal. Well, one last thing that we do want to mention something that we feel very dear about here at RSO is short tracks. 
Daytona 500 has happened. The main stage NASCAR Cup Series season is underway. And it either already is or it is very close approaching time for your local short track to start their season. Keep an eye out in the next few weeks. We're putting together a schedule right now of where we're going to be, what series we're going to see. We're hoping to see some Cars Tour races, Southeast Super Trucks we're hoping to go see the races of, uh, Smart Modifieds down the road. Um, I think even one past Super Late Model series. Go to your local tracks. If you don't know where they are, look them up. You will have a great time if you go check them out. And we are all about supporting racing at all levels because a rising tide floats all boats. Exactly. Be sure to keep an eye out at your local tracks to try and figure out how you can support those who are trying to do the sport that we love. That being said, I'm Green. And I'm Turnpike. And this is Right Sides Only, where if you ain't right, you get left. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen.